0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Here's Dalchemia, Danton here, Scores.
2: And now it's Gallagher. Alex
1: Delciniac up for the drop, Okay. he's in the long, waiting, well, scores! ladies and gentlemen, I the Oh my stars, what a stop by Carey Price, Robin Sidney Crosby!
0: This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. All right, hi, everybody.
2: Welcome to episode 186 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, November 19th, 2016. My name is Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. And while the Canadians, since our last episode, played a total of four games, and while well, they weren't as successful as they were the, uh, since the beginning of the season, they started off well last Saturday with a five-nothing win against the Detroit Red Wings. But then after that, three consecutive losses. They lost the Chicago Blackhawks by a score of three to two. Then they lost at the Bell Center against the Florida Panthers by a score of four to three in the shootout. And then on Friday last night the Carolina Hurricanes beat the Montreal Canadiens by a score of 3-2. to So that still gives the Canadians an overall record since the beginning of the season of 13-3-2. That's 28 points in 18 games, and it still places them first place in the division, in the conference, and the uh, NHL. So they're still up there. And, uh, and that is ahead of tonight's game against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. That game will be played at the Bell Centre. So our question of the day with the Canadians, well, now, like I mentioned, they, they've lost three games in a row. Is it time to panic? You can let us know via Twitter, at Habs360, and you can also let us know via the All Habs Facebook page. Joining me in about 20 minutes' time will be the voice of the Montreal Canadiens on the Rogers Sportsnet, John Bartlett. And joining me in about 40 minutes' time will be allhabs.net contributor, Blaine Podvin. And we're going to talk about that particular question and there's lots of things surrounding the Montreal Canadiens uh, to talk about. But joining me now for this first segment, still on the road once again, covering the, uh, the ice caps. He's in Toronto right now, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs network of sites. You can follow him on Twitter and all social media sites just by searching All Habs. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing?
3: Hey, Chris. Glad to be here. Um, as you say, I'm currently on the 401. It was a little slow. Uh heading into Toronto for uh, the afternoon matchup between the Toronto Marlies and the uh, ice caps last Last time we talked to you, I was in Albany and um, got to see a 4 uh, 1 uh, win over the Senators on Tuesday last night. The Ice Caps were in Rochester and an exciting 4 uh, 3 shootout win. Stefan Matteau with the winner. Um, so, we're going to, the Habs, uh, Rocket Sports team um, and the AHL report team are going to cover uh, live. Uh, Five out of the six of the uh, Ice Caps road games, uh, uh, trying to uh, bring you the best coverage we can of Habs prospects. And you can follow the action on
2: Twitter at the AHL Report, and you can visit the website, ahl.reporter's website, to, uh, to look at the game summaries, pictures, previews, and the weekly recaps of uh, the St. John Ice Caps. And Rick, just so you can know, everything in Toronto is slow. Everything from A to Z, <laughs> everything is slow in uh, in uh, Toronto. Right, so except their hockey team. Yeah, it's actually a pretty fast hockey team that we're gonna see tonight. Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, they're 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 an exciting team to uh, to watch. But like I mentioned, they're it's gonna take them a very long time. It'll be very slow before they climb the uh, the standings and hopefully make it to the, in the playoffs between the, before the end of the century or something.
0: And now it's time for this week's Winners and Losers on Hams 360.
2: All right, this is uh, the most popular, informative uh, segment, and Ham's 360 is the most interactive and informative Canadian podcast that uh, you're going to find out there. And while well, our Winners and Losers segment is where myself and Rick, we choose uh, Winners and Losers, I uh, relate to the Montreal Canadiens from the previous week because everybody has good weeks, everybody has bad weeks. And the Canadians started off uh, this week with, uh, with a win. They've lost last three games. So it's a pretty negative-geared week. So for the first time this season, we're going to begin with our losers of the week. And I'll begin with uh, my selection. And my selection is Thomas Plekanetz. This week, Plekanec he got zero points, and he finished with a total of minus two in the last four games. And if you look at his performance, his stats since the beginning of the season, he has one goal and uh, four assists, and he's even on the uh, plus-minus board. So not not something to uh, to write home for uh, for Thomas Plekanec. So I understand that uh, he's good defensively. He gets the uh, defensive matchups against the opposing team's uh, star players. But at the, uh, but at some point, he needs to produce some points. He needs to have put on the board more than the five points that he has so far. At this pace, he's on pace to get, what, 20, 22 points. So that's, that's way too low. And I know in an argument, in a discussion about a player and his performance, you're not supposed to attach a... Um, to talk about the salary that the player is uh, paid, but he has a six million dollar cap it. So for for that kind of cap it, they definitely need more production from a player like uh, Thomas Plekanec. And the last three games with uh, Alex Radulov, who who was out of the lineup with a flu or whatever sickness, the virus that he that he had. The Canadians players, the, the top guys, needed to step up and contribute to make up for the lack of offense that uh, they're going to be missing with the Raj Lovato lineup. And Thomas Plekanet, well, he he hasn't. Last couple of games, uh, okay, you, you know, you could say that he's played with uh, either Sven Andrigedo, with uh, Chris Terry, with David D'Agnès. So that's the easy excuse to uh, to excuse Thomas Plekanet. But if you go back for most of the season, uh, he's primarily played with uh, Brendan Gallagher and Max Pacioretty. And is it a coincidence? Both those other players are struggling too. So is Gallagher. So is uh, Max uh, Pacioretty. And while Max Pacioretty, he's been removed from Thomas Plekanec. He's playing on the um, on the line with uh, Dano and Tro, which sounds more like a third line more than a scoring line, but we did see at least some offensive production, at least in the beginning of the week from Max Pacioretty. So is that a coincidence that whoever plays with Plekhanitz, they struggle offensively? Maybe. We'll uh, we'll find out. But Rick, to me, Thomas Plekhanitz is uh, my loser of the week.
3: Yeah, I I, I can't disagree. I, I think it's a bit of a mix, mixed bag with Thomas Plekhanitz. Um, his primary role, as you said, is to be uh, the Canadian shutdown center. He's uh, placed in, in a situation where he faces the, the best talent of the opposition game in, game out. Um, that's his primary role. And if, if that's how you evaluate him, um, he's having a good season. Uh, his goals against Per 60 are the, the best uh, by far on the team. Um, he, he is, um, you know, succeeding in that realm, but as you said, for a player and, and, you know, salary unfortunately does enter into it. Uh, there, there are expectations, uh, and there are expectations for, uh, not only the salary level, but, a uh, typically a, a, second line center to, to contribute in a scoring role. Now, things are a little upside down when it comes to Michelle Carrion and the way he, uh uses matchups and and the way he he uses lines to to produce uh, offensive chances but still Thomas Buchanan's got to be one of those guys particularly on those occasions when he's matched up with uh, some decent talent on the wings that he's got to produce and we've seen him have chances he's he's certainly had a, a fair share of chances he just hasn't uh I'm I'm kind of um you know as i said it's a bit of a mixed bag but i think um if anything can can um uh, spur him to uh to, to start producing on the offensive side it would be sitting in the Hab 360 uh loser box for uh, for this week
2: yeah and even uh, and rick before you you start with yours if you look recently for the Montreal canadians when it comes to um not being able to score, it seems like there's no puck luck, like they say for the Canadians lately. It seems like when something can go wrong, it it does, you know, during the Canadians' the recent
3: clump.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Um, I, you know, it's it's with, with three consecutive losses, uh, there are um, far too many losers to list just one, and there are far too a few winners, um, so I, I'm going to do something a little bit different this week and kind of combine them. And uh, I think to get to your question of uh, three consecutive losses, is it time to, to panic? Um, the three consecutive losses get fans discussing similarities between uh, this, this team that's, that's on a slide and last year, the, the, the team that experienced a complete and utter total collapse in December. Um, and with December right around the corner, fans are, you know, starting to get a bit nervous. Um, as you said, Brendan Gallagher is in a, a gazillion game slump. Uh, Max Pacioretty isn't looking like a 40-goal sniper. Um, Alex Galchenyuk, the, the, the apparent number one center, Um, is having a decent season, but he's playing less minutes than the the teacher's pet. Um, And we've gotten to a point where the backup goalie now is is looking rather leaky. Going into the game against Carolina, uh, Michelle Terrien said, if you slide a little, you're in trouble. The most important thing for us is to win the hockey game tomorrow, which he was talking about the Carolina game, and they didn't win. So by Terrian's definition, the Canadians are in trouble. After the the, the streak-busting loss to uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets by that embarrassing 10 nothing score, uh, the Canadians have sputtered. They've been on, they've been off. Uh, their confidence took a hit. This, this cloak of... of invincibility has been shattered they've lost their ability to intimidate opponents by their record and things have definitely changed uh the, the rangers are on a roll uh they're they're 8-2 in their uh their last 10 although they lost to yeah those columbus blue jackets last night not by a 10 nothing score uh the blackhawks are on a roll Canadians are, are, you know, they've dropped even in the power rankings below the, the Rangers. So what's, what's, what's to give the Canadians hope. And that is a healthy carry price. That's, that's when people talk about the differences between last year and this year, the one thing they say, healthy carry price. So we're back to that. We're back to relying on one player. This Mark Bergevin was supposed to build you know, depth, build a bigger team, build a team that was not so reliant on their number one goaltender. But we're back to the success of the team being totally contingent on, on Carey Price and, as you mentioned, Puck Luck, because um, that was something, again, that, that uh, Michelle Terrien re- referenced last night. He said... Oh, we've been we've been playing well. We just haven't gotten the breaks. Let me find the quote here. Uh, The effort was there. You need puck luck, and we don't have puck luck lately. So, you know, what is what is the coach's job here? What is the is is to to just hope, um, you know, bring his his rabbit's foot to the to the rink and and hope for puck luck, or is it actually to do something about the problems? that the Canadians are facing actually other than putting the lines in a blender, um, to prepare his team better. Um, and we're just not seeing that. We're just not seeing that at all. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's fair for the fans to be concerned, uh, not at the point of panic yet, but if Carion's right, if, if once, once you start to slide and that starts to, to, get into the, the head of the players, it's too late. You're in trouble. So they have to do something about it and do something about it pretty quick. And it all starts with with coaching staff uh, being able to prepare their players. Uh, and I would say tonight there's nothing better than a, a rivalry matchup against the, the Toronto Maple Leafs on a Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada.
2: And it's not going to be an easy game. Uh, remember last time when uh, it was a couple of weeks ago when the Canadians faced uh, the Maple Leafs. It was, again, Carey Price who pretty much uh, stole the game for, for the Canadians. I think it was 40, 42 saves, if I remember correctly. And the Leafs were they're a quick team. They're exciting to watch. So it, it, won't, be, uh, it won't be an easy game. Like compared to a game like last night against the Carolina Hurricanes, that should have been a game that uh, the Canadians, it's, it should have been an easy two points for them, and it wasn't. So it's very important for them not to fall in that kind of same trap uh, tonight when they face the uh, Maple Leafs. And on uh, that uh, topic, you can go to our Habs360 Twitter account, and there's a poll question where we're just asking who do you think is going to win tonight's game, Canadians, Leafs. We'll, we'll, uh, I'll talk about the results of um, of That in the third segment, uh, Rick, just to I guess uh, enhance your point, the Canadians since December third, twenty fifteen, which means sixty three games that Carey Price hasn't started. Canadians have a record of twenty two, thirty seven, and four. So that's not a good. Um, it's not a good team
3: without Carey Price. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's um, and and I guess the the to take it one step further is that's not a Stanley Cup contending team um, relying being so reliant on on one player on the roster. For
2: sure. For sure. And. you want to move on to the winners?
3: Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm. I, I think that it, uh, your best to, uh, to cover the, uh, the winner of the week this, this week. So I could cover the, the winner of the week, and, well,
2: it, uh, to me it was pretty simple. Not a lot of players who were good this week except for for one particular player.
0: And now it's Alex Gelchenia back the other way with Radulov with him. Gelchenia drops it off. Riss shot scores! Top shelf, and it is buried
1: by Andre Markov.
2: And that we heard it was um, Andre Markov who scored his second goal of the season that was uh, last Sunday against the Chicago Blackhawks and well, in the week where the Canadians had a record of one and three in terms of individual stats, Andrey Markov had one goal, five assists he had six points and he had it finished with a plus three rating uh, he that makes he has points in his in the last seven games the Canadiens have played. So he's on a seven-game point streak. And if you look since the uh, beginning of the season, there's only one player from the Canadiens that has more points than Adjie Markov, and that's uh, Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, he has 14 points since the uh, beginning of the season. It's a two goals, 12 assists for, uh, for Markov. And that, in fact, it's not not a stat that's been uh, widely uh, been publicized, is that he's actually tied for first place in points for defensemen so far. Brent Burns, uh, Sharon Kirk, and Eric Carlson from the Ottawa Senators also have 14 points. So Andrew Markov, he, he's up there. And he also um, reached a milestone this week. He became seventh in Montreal Canadiens history with 435 assists, he tied uh, Yvonne Conoyer for for that. So that's uh, quite the, the honor. So he's moving up to go to get up there. And he's done all this with 21-18 of uh, ice time. And so, which is a respectable time. He's been playing with uh, Jeff Petrie for, uh, for the entire season and uh, on the number one uh, power play unit. And Rick, I think one of the reasons that uh, Andre Markov has had a, uh, a a good season, a good week. Well, he's he's always been good, but I think the fact that his his ice time has been, I think, better managed than it has in the previous years, I think it makes him look even uh, better this season.
3: I, I agree with you. Uh, he's I think Andre Markov is underappreciated. Uh, he. In, in what he brings. He's adapted quite well to the new role uh on the second pairing uh, and uh, with with uh less ice time um but still has been very, very effective. Um there is absolutely no one no one on the team and few people influ few players in the league who can make the kind of passes uh that Andre Markov makes. He makes players around him, particularly on the power play, better. Uh, and uh, he, as you said, had a, you know, he he had a good week this week. He's but he's been consistently good throughout the season, and uh, certainly deserves credit. And uh, I fully support your pick as winner
2: of the week. And and speaking of those passes that he made, he made a beautiful pass last night to uh, Andrew Shaw, who just had to deflect the puck uh, past uh, Cam Ward in a game against the Carolina Hurricanes. And when it comes to Andre Markov, a storyline that we're going to start hearing, I think, uh, more and more, is that Andre Markov is in his uh, final year of his contract. He's currently making $4.25 uh, $4. million. So the whole talk of, you know, should the Canadians resign? I'm actually surprised hasn't gotten more uh, attention. Remember at his previous contract, I think they were talking about it from uh, from the previous year, like um, is, or should the Canadians resign? And all of Canadians' fan base seem to be um, divided on that subject. I know, Rick, it's still early. Well, technically it's not because the, the extension can happen at any time at this point. Uh, at this point, Andre Markov, if you're the GM, do you start reaching out to him? Do you start negotiating, on are you looking for a
3: short-term or are you looking for a, long, a longer-term contract? I think that that uh, if if Mark Bergevin's wise, uh, I think he's going to let the season play out a, a bit. The se- the the defense uh, is not turning out the way the Canadians had hoped. They had really expected a much bigger role for. Um, Uh, Nathan Beaulieu, um, and uh, you know certainly on on the second pairing, I don't think the I think fans were thinking Beaulieu couldn't could play on the first pairing. I don't think the Canadians were, but but certainly I I think they were going to uh, uh, mold him into a second pairing defenseman that hasn't worked out, and he hasn't even looked good on the third pairing, so that might factor into. Uh, what they do with Andrei Markov, I can't see anything long term. But but asking him to, come, him to come back for another year is possible, um, particularly with with Sergachev waiting in the in the wings. Uh, Sergachev credited Markov a lot. Um, uh, I can also say that we spoke to uh, Nikita Sherbak, um, and he credits Markov an awful lot. Uh, so I, I don't think people realize the, the kind of effect. Because he's not vocal in the media, uh, he has his leadership is very valuable, uh, particularly for those young younger Russian players, and um, that might mean he he'd be back uh, for for one one more contract, one more year.
2: So that is a storyline that we're going to be following. Uh, throughout the season here on the Habs 360 podcast. So congratulations to Andre Markov, this week's winner of uh, the week. Rick, thank you very much. Enjoy the game in uh, Toronto this weekend. And we'll be following on Twitter at the AHL Report and uh, reading the summaries on the AHL.report website.
3: Thanks very much, Chris. Enjoy the rest of the show. We'll, We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Rick. So we're going to take our
2: first break here on the Habs 360 podcast. On the other side, we're going to be joined by John Bartlett, the voice of the Montreal Canadiens on the Rogers Sportsnet. Also still to come, Blaine Podvin, allhabs.net staff writer. And we'll be also reading your uh, Twitter comments and your, fa- and your comments on Facebook as well. This week's question is, well, with the Canadians uh, losing their last three games, is it time to panic? at hab 360 on Twitter, allhabs.net, sorry, allhabs Facebook page. This is the Habs360 podcast featured on allhabs.net.
0: In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at Rocketsportsmedia.com. That's fantastic. Sorry,
1: thanks.
0: This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net.
2: All right, welcome back. It's episode one of the Habs 360 podcast for the Saturday, November 19th, 2016. My name is Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. And joining me now on the line to talk about the latest uh, Montreal Canadiens News. He's the voice of the Montreal Canadiens on the Rogers Sportsnet. You can follow him on Twitter at BartsBites. It's John Bartlett. Hi, John. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you very much. And thank you for taking the time to uh, joining us today. And if you look at the Montreal Canadiens, they've, after 18 games this season, they have a record of 13 3 2. And if you look at one season ago, after 18 games, they had a record of 13, 3, and 2 as well, 28 points. And we know what happened last year, and the Canadians have now lost three games in a row. And is it time for Montreal Canadiens fans, you think, to to panic or to be uh, concerned?
1: Well, no, I don't think it's any time to panic. I mean, the ending of last year uh, obviously was not something anybody saw coming at this point of the season, but also uh, there was a much different factor involved when you uh, had the loss of Carey Price and everything else that happened from there. But, um, you know, yeah, everyone, of course, it's amazing to think three in a row and one of them being an overtime game and and one being a bad luck in Chicago uh, with the puck going off the netting and out and and all of a sudden there's time to panic, but it's not really with the way the team has started. They've put some good points in the bank. And uh, right now I think they're, they're just starting to get uh, into a situation where they've got to start working out on working out uh, some of the kinks that they have uh, in the system. And, you know, and when you look at how they sort of started and everyone was really happy with the production that was coming from the third and fourth line and people like Tori Mitchell were scoring and Jeff Petrie was getting goals and, and how that was all coming together. And the third line was producing, but the big guns weren't producing and and that maybe was going to catch up to them. And and that's probably the point they're at right now is uh, when the third and fourth line guys aren't scoring a game like last night is where you want to lean on, you know, uh, goals from Placanits and Pacioretty and, you know, sort of have your top lines giving you a little more production and it didn't come from there. So I think that that's, that's now just sort of the balancing out of everything. And we're getting a little bit more of a sense as to where the team's at and what they're going to have to do and what they're going to have to try and improve as they move forward here. But definitely not a time to panic, that's for sure. Uh, just a time to start making some of the adjustments that they're going to need to make.
2: And you spoke about the, the scoring in general since the beginning of the season has come uh, primarily from everybody except the top six forwards. She Weber has seven, Paul Byron has six, Matt Dano has five, Tori Mitchell has five goals. And if I look at players like, uh, let's say Brendan Gallagher, he hasn't scored a goal in uh, in his last twelve games like let's talk about specifically about galga like what do you think is is going on with him?
1: Well, I don't know if anything's going wrong. I think it's just a case of being a little snake bit right now and um you know uh, just trying to trying to sort of find that that lucky bounce to get him going and that extra uh, usually he's the kind of guy he gets one and then he gets rolling and and that's sort of the situation. I think for Brendan Gallagher, he just needs to goal and he'll start finding the back of the net and going to the dirty areas. But you know, an interesting little change in the concept maybe of the team this year is um, Brendan Gallagher used to be sort of the big spark plug for the team. He was a guy that energized everyone when he was in the lineup. And and now Alexander Radulov has done that uh, to a big extent. He's been out the last couple of games. So, um, maybe it's a bit of a, a change here in, in the guard, if you will, for now at least, as to who was sort of firing the team up and getting them going uh, on the ice, in a sense, and and uh, you know, that was sort of Gallagher's old role, and Radulov seemed to have taken that over a bit, but I think for Brendan Gallagher, the goals are going to come. Uh, you know, he's a kind of hard-nosed player, he's always going in there, always causing the traffic, so Uh, he has pucks that just go off him and in and and he causes a lot of great opportunities. So uh, a little bit of a struggle right now for Brendan Gallagher, but, but nothing um, on his side. I think that, you know, you'd have to be too worried about as long as he's still playing the right way and causing that traffic and being a, a, you know, someone to stir the pot in front of the net, it's going to come for him.
2: And since uh, Mark Bregman joined the Canadians, it's four or five years ago, he's always been trying to fill uh, to get a top six forward to, to help with the offense. Uh, Daniel Bier, uh P.A. uh there was Thomas Vanica after the trade deadline that, that was acquired. Uh, there was Alex Salmon last year. And so when the signing of Alex Rajula was was announced on uh, July 1st, you know, Habs fans were were skeptic. Like, is this like another uh, risky player, another risky signing that uh, Marc Bergevin is doing? But if you look at, let's take last night's uh, lineup for the Canadians, without Roger in the lineup, that team offensively doesn't look that dangerous without him.
1: Well, they haven't won with him, not in the lineup. So that says a little something about him right there. And you're right. He brings that offensive dynamic. And, and he was going to be the question mark. And if he panned out, it was going to be a great signing for Mark and So far, it seems to be. Um, and you're right. They needed that little extra help uh, up offensively. And I guess uh, when you look at the lineup right now, they still probably could use a little more. Uh, but Radilov certainly has panned out. I think he's turned out to be uh, the player they were hoping he would be in the production coming from him and his love of the game, the spark he has, just... Uh, just, a, you know, so excited to be around the rink all the time and, and with the guys. So that's a great sign right there um, that he has that passion for the game. And um, it, it certainly has worked out for now. And I think they definitely have missed him. I think moving forward, um, they still need to get a little more help up front. I think that uh, Radulov is going to be a good thing. but But they know that they need a little more. And, you know, the reality of the situation right now for the Canadians too is they know they're in the window. This is the window to try and win. And you look at the moves that they've made, um, including the the Shea Weber uh, trade with P.K. Subban, and I know some people like to talk about that trade and say, wait till three years. Well, three years from now doesn't matter for the Canadians because their chance to win, their time to win is now, and they know that. So I think the moves that they'll make moving forward here, they realize they could probably use a little more help on the blue line and that they could still use maybe another top six forward if they could get their hands on one to really – Uh, bolster the offense even more and um, don't be surprised if this is the year where the canadians you know either make a deal with some young players to try and uh, get that help for right now or uh, come to the realization it's time to move on from a couple of the veterans uh, because they're going to have to make those moves to compare themselves to not just the best teams in the east but also in the west and that's sort of the situation they're in right now and um, so radulov certainly has turned out to be a good addition from that side of things, but uh, there's some other players that have to uh, pick up the production a little, or else uh, they're going to be looking at trying to find some help elsewhere as well.
2: Uh, one of those players that I think needs to step up his production, uh, his production, is the Canadian's captain uh, Max Pacioretty. He has uh, two goals, if I'm not mistaken, uh, most four goals this season. So that's half of his production that you know we're expect. Okay, everybody's expecting for 40 goals but he usually averages between 30, 35. He's not on pace for that. Do you think that has to do anything with uh, the pressure of being captain or maybe even the arrival of, of Shea Weber and addressing that maybe is intimidating or putting some extra pressure on him?
1: I don't know if it's extra pressure. I think he's probably got enough pressure he puts on himself. And Max sort of carries that weight all the time on his shoulders. And maybe that stems from the World Cup and how it started for Team USA. But, um, you know, I think for Max, he's always been a bit of a streaky scorer. So it's it's just sort of he's starting on a downswing maybe this year. And if he gets one, then another one will come. And we'll see how it goes tonight against Toronto. He always seems to have some success uh, scoring against the Leafs. So maybe that's what he's been waiting for. But, um, uh, you know, I, I think Nexus needs to get one or two on the board and then they'll start coming for him. And, uh, but the one thing about uh, about Pacioretty and um, this might be the element of his game that will come just with getting that confidence back, is uh, it needs to be a little bit more net presence than driving to the net. Uh, the, the far perimeter shots all the time, he's got a heck of a shot, but I don't know if you want to rely on that all the time as much as maybe you'd like to you know, try to drive the net, force things a little more. So um, that's one element of his game. I think that they'd like to see a little bit more out of him. is, is be that kind of power forward. Uh, but for Max, so like I said, so streaky, sometimes it just takes a couple of goals and he gets rolling. And I think that that's what they're waiting for, but you're right in a game like last night, when you know that, that lower four or the lower six aren't getting the production and you're looking to your top six and then they can't produce uh, granted the, the Cam Ward had a pretty solid night, in net as well. But um, you know, I think that that's that's a situation there where you're kind of hoping that one of your top six forwards are gonna uh, get you the goal that you need at the key time.
2: If we uh, look at that defenseman uh, Craig Pattern, he played about 11 minutes last uh, last night. So uh, a certain uh, several moments during the game, he he was being sat on the bench, and either Shea Weber or another defenseman was uh, taking his uh, his spot. But if you look at Craig Patteron since the beginning of the season, at one point, the Canadians wanted to take a look at uh, Sergeyev, while well, Patteron was the player that was uh, that was pulled out of the lineup. They called up Joel Hanley from uh, St. John's. Craig Patteron was pulled out of the lineup. Do you think the fact that he's always uh, being in and out of the lineup is affecting his his confidence?
1: Yeah, you know, for sure, and I, I think that that's sort of the situation, and I know he had that tough shift last night, the lead throw goal with a couple of giveaways in the first that you're alluding to, and that's kind of limited it as uh, ice time a bit throughout the game, but, uh, you know, it's really tough, and Jason York and I were talking about this after the game last night, it's really tough for a defenseman when you have that sort of feeling of looking over your shoulder on every play and worried that even a small mistake is going to get put on the bench and... Uh, and maybe take it out of the lineup when you're that, uh, you know, sort of bubble guy right now. And that seems to be what Pattern is. I know that Michelle Perriott talked about uh, the transition game, and that's what they wanted uh, Greg Pattern to work on was the transition game and try to help with that. But, um, you know, I think you can't help uh, being a little tighter with your game when you have that in the back of your mind, that any mistake might put you back in the press box. And and it's very tough, as Jason was saying, especially when you're a defenseman. It's very tough to play that way when you don't have that, that sort of freedom in your mind to say, it's okay, relax, just go play your game, do what you have to do and, and let things kind of happen. So uh, I think Greg Pattern's a solid player, solid defenseman. I think he could be a very, uh, a good part of the puzzle piece to the puzzle for the Canadians. But um, yeah, it's just, he just needs to have that relaxed confidence right now. And, and it's tough to do that uh, you know, when you're on, you have that pressure on you all the time. A very little mistake might might take you back out of the lineup. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward uh, how they proceed with Greg Pattern.
2: And another uh, positive aspect of the Canadians uh, this season compared to last year has been the power play. So far they're, uh, they're sixth in the league. Is that uh, Do you think it's only because of Shea Weber or have you seen any difference in the tactics that are used on the power play?
1: Well, Shea Weber is a big part of it for starters, obviously. He has that big shot from the point, and and they work it up high and and can get it to him. But um, I think Kirk Muller has done a lot of work with the power play. And the power play has improved, but there's more to come. And that simply is because they've got more work to do. And one of the things they're trying to do is more movement uh, for starters. They're not so stationary,
4: uh, which is,
1: you know, uh, something to help. But also the other thing they're trying to work on are more plays down low. I mean, you know, the power play for so many years, even Subban was all about get it up high and and fire the shot. And to an extent, it's the same way with Shea Weber. But I think now they're trying to get more movement on it and and set up more plays down low and create some scoring opportunities that way. And part of that is learning how to be more of a quarterback on the half boards uh, when you're on the power play. And, And that's sort of what they're learning at right now or learning about, I guess you could say. And the learning curve is still coming along. So. The power play has improved, but I think that there's still more to come, and, and you'll, you'll see more production out of the power play uh, in the next little while as they continue to work on the ability to create play, uh, plays down low, and that seems to be something others really focused in on right now with the, uh, with the special teams unit. Uh, so you have an extra option other than always going back up high and uh, driving it to the net and going in.
2: All right, John Bartlett, voice of the Montreal Canadiens on Rogers uh, Sportsnet. Thanks for joining us, John. I will be watching on the next regional game, which is on Tuesday night when the Ottawa Senators are in town. So thank you for your time.
1: You bet. All the best, guys. Take care.
2: All right. Take care. All right. So that was John Bartley. You can follow him on Twitter at Bart's Bite. And, well, you can watch him in the next regional game, which will be on Tuesday night against the Ottawa Senators when the Senators are in town. And tonight's game Will be broadcasted on the CBC uh, Coast to Coast. Our question of the day: Canadians have lost three consecutive games. Is it time to panic? Let us know via Twitter at tabs360 and leave your comments as well on the All Habs Facebook page. We're going to take a break on the other side. We're going to be joined by Blaine Podvin, staff writer of uh, from allhabs.net. This is the Habs 360 podcast, free to allhabs.net.
0: For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net.
2: If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Haps 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to haps 360 on iTunes, and all new episodes will automatically download for you.
0: Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only HABS fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other HABS fans near you in no time. who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net.
2: All right, welcome back. It's episode 186 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, November 19th, 2016. My name is Chris G, and you can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. The Canadians facing the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern, a game that could be seen coast to coast on the CBC in English, and on the TVA Sports, if you want to watch it uh, in French. Joining me now on the line, allhabs.net staff writer. His uh, Twitter handle is at podc underscore 70. His name is uh, Blaine Podvin. Blaine, thanks for joining us.
4: Hi, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me.
2: Well, it is, uh, it is our pleasure. And, well, Blaine, I'm going to ask you our, our question of uh, today's episode. If you look at last night's game, uh, the Canadians were missing the top six forward in Alex Radulov. Uh, Carey Price wasn't playing. Uh, the Canadiens have lost three in a row. On the Tuesday night when the Canadiens faced the Panthers, Carey Price was... He wasn't amazing. He was good. So he, he didn't steal the game, and the Canadians ended up losing. Uh, the record after uh, 18 games this year and last year is exactly the same at 13-3-2. and two. Uh is it time to panic if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan? Um,
4: I, wouldn't, I wouldn't panic. Uh, I can see uh, some areas of concern, uh, but panic, I think, is way too strong, especially this early in the season. Uh, as you said, uh, Price, Price is still there. He's healthy. He had a, he had an, a pedestrian game by his own standards. He, he, was, he was slightly off but he still provided enough for the team to win. Uh, what, what we were missing in, in the last few games, maybe a couple of bounces, but uh, it's offensive production. I, uh, that, that was kind of just not quite there. So I, I don't see a reason to panic. Uh, not, not yet. Uh,
2: you mentioned that Knits have some areas of concern. What are one or maybe the areas that you think that they need to work on?
4: Well, uh, I mean, uh, John Bartlett covered, a, covered it, and so did, uh, so did Rick. Uh, defense, we um, we do need a little bit of an upgrade there, as Rick said. Uh, Nathan Boldu, they they were expecting a little bit more from in, in regards to a more consistent, steady play. Maybe some production hasn't quite gotten there yet. Uh, Markov is Markov. He's he's producing despite. Not getting as many minutes as he's used to. Uh, as you said, he's tied for first in points for defenseman, which is a, a pretty pretty big feat considering he, his age and the uh, the amount of time he's been getting on ice. Uh, Weber, of course, is he's just a man mountain. So we're we're okay, but an upgrade on a puck mover to kind of steady up that uh, that second pairing, maybe play a little bit with Weber would help. But uh, that, that's more of a long term. I, I see the uh, the top six really. The production from our top six is the, the one concern that should be addressed first.
2: Um, oh. One of the uh, my loser of the week was uh, Thomas Plekanet, Who he, he didn't get any points this week. He only has five goals, Sorry, five points uh, for the uh, for the entire season. And I think now, where somebody like Radulov was missing, I think he was a player that needed uh, to uh, to step up. You recently wrote an article on AllHabs.net about uh, what what does Plakintis bring to the team. And this week, Blaine had trouble uh, finding any value that he was bringing to the team. So, what do you think placanis does bring to the Montreal Canadiens?
4: Well, Plakintis has been has always been the go-to choice for the every set, every coach he's had he he's able to he's been able to play that uh, that two-way game and play a shutdown center role and he has up until now been able to provide uh, some points and as well he he was able to play with players like Kovalev and Camilleri and produce with guys like Pacioretty but for the last well the this entire season thus far and the last second half of last year It seems that the offensive production has kind of gone away. His defense is still sparkling. He still plays excellent defensively, but that that offensive aspect of his game is kind of gone, which kind of relegates him down to more of a third-line center role he would be better suited for. I don't know if it's because of his age. He's maybe lost a little bit, or he's too focused on playing defense. But for whatever reason, he's been unable to find that chemistry with any any one player to start producing some points. Even with Radulov, who is a possession monster, and he he's got that nonstop motor like Gallagher.
2: And if we look at the Canadians uh, down the middle, there's uh, Galchenyuk, who is the uh, the number one the clear number one center for the Canadians. Then Thomas Plekanis, he's like you said, he's probably his, his best chair is probably number three center, but on this team he's playing in number he's playing as a number two center, a number three center for most of the season has been Darnell. But we've seen Darnell get some nice time as well. Uh, do you think the Canadians are strong enough when it comes down the middle, or do you think they need uh, to get an upgrade on that?
4: On that? Well, uh, John Bartlett covered that as well, uh, and I agree with him that this year, after such a large move this summer. Uh, getting Shea Weber this year, this team is looking at this year as a a, opportunity to actually win. So the team as it stands now should make the playoffs and could possibly win around. But the teams that really make noise in the playoffs are teams that have a strong one, two punch up the middle and uh, Galchenyuk, he's producing points. He's playing well, despite his low ice time. But he needs to work on his face-offs, so that that's one little that's one small aspect. Uh, Plekanec, uh, for whatever reason, he's just not quite the number two center that he used to be. So if they if there was a way to build someone in to the second line role somehow, that would help. It's, there's no one in the system that can step up into that role, and trade seems to be the only option. As far as third line center, if like were relegated. there uh, or Dano would fit better on the left left hand side. Uh, Dano, he's been playing well. I, I'm just not sold on him as a full time NHL centerman yet. That may come. Uh, Darnell, he's he's Dernot. He's been uh, he he's that feel good story, the le gars de chez nous. But uh, it seems time is starting to catch up to him as well. Uh, he's just not. He's not de- he's not able to produce the points that he was able to produce in the past. And it's no detriment to him on his usage. It's just the the fact is he's just not producing.
2: Uh, one center that's been at least talked about this week, uh, potentially uh, a player the Canadians should go target, is uh, Martin Hansel from the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, do you think he would be a good addition to the Canadians?
4: well hansel's uh he fits a lot of the uh the boxes that Bergevin seems to like in a in a player he's he's responsible defensively he's aggressive uh he's got a, he's a big bodied centerman uh he's very good on face offs if he were to be added to the Canadians right now he'd be our best face off man even better than mitchell uh the issue with him is how well would he fit with the team? I mean, he can produce more points than Pleconets now, but Pleconets last year, no. I is mean, more of a 40, 50-point type of centerman. <clears throat> Maybe with better, uh, better linemates, he could produce more, but we're not, I, I'm not sure on that. Uh, and he's, uh, he, he, has, he hasn't finished a full season healthy. So we would be taking a, a gamble on his health for him to fit into a role in the second line center, that said, he would right now be an upgrade on what we have in our on our roster, as it is, so if we were able to get him without giving up too much, uh, that would be i think a good move it's uh It's my own personal opinion that he has been the target uh for Bergevin to fill this role, but uh time will tell uh, as any other move. Uh, as he says they're not easy to make so if if Hansel were to land in Montreal uh, I think Canadians fans would be very happy with what they would get depending on what Bergeron had to give up to get him
2: Alright Blaine Potvin allhabits.net staff writer thank you for joining us Blaine Thank you very much So you can follow Blaine on Twitter at Potse underscore 70 to uh, to, get his, uh, to look at his tweets and you can also read his work on allhabs.net. Uh,
0: Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on Habs 360.
2: Well, unfortunately, there's always bad tweets out there on the Twitterverse, especially when the comedians are going into a, a losing streak like they are right now. And this week's bad tweet comes from Twitter handles Big Z. 1222, and this was a tweet that was sent to uh, to Habs360 following the game against the Florida Panthers. It's a game that the Panthers won by a score of four to three in um, in overtime. And he writes, "I have never seen a more overhyped goalie than Carey Price, the media darling, not a big game goalie." But I don't know how much how much more explanation to uh, that I need to provide or any explanation I need to provide on how bad this tweet is. Carey Price, I think we've we've seen how he carries the team sorry for the pun on, on his back and how good he is the Canadians any success that they've had in the recent years has primarily been because of Carey Price Olympics. He's won gold medals. He's won the Vezina, the Hart Trophy, the Ted Lindsay. The Ted Lindsay Award is voted by other players. It's not by the media, and they decided that, and they voted that Carey Price was the best player in the the league. And even right now, you just it just comes from everywhere that Carey Price is as good as uh, as we say. So Big Z, twelve twenty-two. You have this week's bad tweet of the week. All right, this week's question of the week, is it time to panic? Following the Montreal Canadiens' three losses, let's go first on Twitter. First tweet comes from Bobby. He writes, what injury to an offensive player and team looks exactly like last year's team? And he's right. No Radulov, which is equivalent of no Galga from last year. Carey Price was not playing last night. And well, they did look like last year's team. Nino, he writes, not yet, but I said... Always their teams will know our system. We will know we will lose more games. Time for Terry to go. So thank you for the tweet, Nino. And naturally, terry gets the blame. Wailerman from New Brunswick, Southwest New Brunswick, writes, when is it time not to panic? So thank you for the tweet. Scott Thompson, who is a a proud half according to his Twitter profile, writes, it is time to be angry with Terry and his... B.S., D.D. with more ice time than Chucky. So these, that's related to last night's game. So definitely that is a uh, a controversial, a uh, a questionable uh, tactic used by Michel Terrier. And Scott continued to write that Terrier has to go. Our friend, he writes, Montoya, David D'Arnais, and pacharetti should be traded. Uh, hamburger. So Andrew Hammond is on waivers, maybe the Canadian considered consider him a new backup goalie. So that's what the Canadian's issue is, is backup goaltending. As Stuart Brooks, Stuart from Kingston, Ontario writes, they need to upgrade big time. So thank you for the tweet. Lots of reaction on the All Habs Facebook page. We're going to get to it now in a quick second. So Jason Broussard writes, no time to panic yet, but however, we should look at upgrading at center. Davy is not doing much, and neither is Plecki. I think putting Plecki in the third line and upgrading number two center via trade would be a great fix. Also, would love to see another number one pairing defenseman and move Emelon to the third pairing. A little scared with Montoya, also, but still early. Hope he can regain his form. Michael Nudelman writes, no, the team was missing three regulars in Lekkonen, Radulov, and Flynn. Had it also been for our two posts and the lucky hurricane deflection goals, this is a different story. The Habs, though, should never play on a Friday night. It's just weird. We all remember what happened the last Friday night the Canadiens played. It was a 10-0 game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Joey Nadeau writes, can't blame Montoya for two lucky goals and the game before, a puck hitting the net and the play not stopped. That was a game against Chicago. Besides that, it's not as if the team is playing bad, but would it be nice if the lines would stay more consistent. So thank you for the your comment on Facebook. And just speaking about the goaltending situation. It's uh, if you think about it, uh, Almontoya has played two of the last Canadian three games. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. Catherine Gill is right. Sorry, can't stop thinking Oh, not this again. Yep, it's early in the season. Yep, really, really bad puck luck. Yep, prices. Well, price. There's a lot of guys that will get going soon. I hope. Shane Michael writes: No need to panic. They are gonna have rough patches. It happens. However, it may be time to address some existing holes on the blue line and a sizable scoring center. Wouldn't hurt. Next one comes from a, I guess what I call a typical Habs fan, Dean Martel. He writes. We have four guys that need to sit now. DD needs to be traded now. Patches needs to sit now. Galley needs to sit. And Beaulieu is terrible. And the worst of them all is Terrien. So very, very happy Canadians fan. Omar Thibodeau writes, the Habs will make the playoffs this year. They have a better team than last year. So a positive Habs fan over there. Another one, Neil Lake writes, no need to panic yet but we still need help scoring goal. Pleki, Emlyn, Derne, trade bait, and Terrier. Plekanitz at six million capets. I'm not sure how much of a trade bait he is. Emlyn, I, he, he, I think he does have some value. David, Derna, not, uh, not that sure what his uh, trade value uh, would be. John McNeil writes, no time to panic yet, but a few more losses in a row, and we may see the end of Terrier. I don't know about that, the end of is, I think it has to get really drastic like it did last year. Jay Morasco writes, absolutely not. We have a great team. Let's keep our heads up. David Bushy writes, this isn't like last year. We aren't as good as our points suggest, but we are better than the last three results. I'm not worried about this team. They don't, they didn't give up last night. Some bad bounces, but then they fought till the end. I still think Muller should be the head coach. They need new blood behind the bench. Next comment comes from Tom Jack. He writes, lots of hockey left. Real Habs fans never panic. Love my team. Alan Silverstone writes, no, we lead the whole league. Pretty nice and simple. Marie Sullivan Capi writes, not time to panic. Stay calm and carry on. Archie Yokota writes, panic, no, concern, yes. So thank you very much, everybody, for your comments. There's plenty more on Facebook. Go join the uh, All Habs Facebook page. If you haven't liked it, go ahead and like it and leave your comments on that as well. We had a Habs 360 poll question, and it was pretty simple. Do you think the Canadians are going to win tonight? And so far, 68% of uh, respondents said that, yes, the Canadians will beat the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. And I'm not surprised because, well, you know, it's the Leafs, and that's what the Canadians do. They just beat the uh, Toronto Maple So I'd like to thank John Bartlett, who joined us earlier in today's episode to talk Montreal Canadians, and also to Blaine Podvin, staff writer on allabs.net, who came and shared their views on the Montreal Canadiens, and also as well to Rick Stevens, who joined us in the first segment for the winners and the losers of the week. If you missed any of the interviews, or you want to, or you want to listen to them again, Go to allhabs.net or to iTunes and search Habs 360 to be able to uh, find the uh, on-demand episodes. Is it time to panic? Calm. <laughs> okay. That's my opinion. Let's stay calm. It's three games. Canaan's facing the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. they facing the Ottawa Senators on uh, Tuesday. The Senators don't uh, haven't been scoring much this season. It's a very defensive team. And then next week on Thursday, Canadians facing the Carolina Hurricanes, so the Canadians will be able to get revenge. So it's, relative, it's three games that the Canadians can win coming up this uh, until our next episode. So you no, know, they could come back, win at least two of those three games, and everything will be back to normal. We'll all become, we'll all be relaxed. But most importantly, I'd like to thank you, our listeners, for your tweets and your comments on the Facebook page. My name is Chris G, at ChrisG1980 on Twitter. We'll be back again next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, for another edition of the Habs 360 podcast.
0: For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.